0: Welcome to the Genesis episode of the new Fresh Expressions podcast. I am Heather Jalad. I am a cultivator of Fresh Expressions in North Georgia. I get to be a, a trainer and mission strategist with Fresh Expressions US and I am a practitioner of all things Fresh Expressions. I'm excited to be joined by my friend Gannon.
1: Yeah, that's right. Heather, thanks. I'm Gannon Sims, and I serve as director of ministry formation on the Fresh Expressions team uh, and a pioneer on the ground working primarily with uh, young adults. Um, my my wife and I sort of helped reinvigorate a declining campus ministry, and we've planted uh, various Fresh Expressions of Church out of that, um, most recently a network of house churches. And so it's... Um, a real joy to kind of look out at the future and see all of the promise that, that we see in the church today um, as Fresh Expression seeks to put the church that Jesus loves closer to where people are. And yeah. that's really the the hope of, for this movement as we, we move from the inside of uh, what we call the inherited church, which is a great inheritance, something mm-hmm. we want to... Um, guard treasure love but then also recognize that that the inheritance has something to offer uh to the world and and for every mm-hmm. pioneering leader out there that um feels a calling and a burden to to sort of like m- make disciples and and do new things um there's something really nurturing about being connected uh, to something inherited, something old, something larger than mm-hmm. um, any any one of us, and so that really is is that both and nature of uh, new forms of church that that I think propels the mission forward. Yeah, so, yeah,
0: yeah. I, w- I was just going to say, I'm sitting here because uh, I'm a product of the inherited church. I know that uh, to be true. Uh, but also uh, recognize the opportunity, uh, the new mission field, the new landscape. I think that is before us, uh, certainly coming, you know, before COVID, but um, even more so coming out of COVID, which is really significant to the conversation that we have with our our, our national director of Fresh Expressions in this episode. Uh we talk a lot about uh, the blended ecology of the inherited uh, church, the traditional forms of church that many of us are, uh, are a product of um, and living um, in this symbiotic uh, e- uh, ecology, this new ecosystem that's being created between the existing church and these fresh expressions of church that uh embody just exactly what you said, Gannon, the uh the, taking the church Jesus loves to the people and closer to the people Jesus loves um in all of the places and spaces of our communities um uh that that our churches inhabit and really deploying and recognizing um the the gifts that God has given to the body uh and all of its parts so that the the church can be uh, have, have these new forms of life all, all around us, all in our communities as the everyday people of God are, are sent on mission, uh, led by the Holy Spirit uh, under the banner of Christ.
1: So what did, what did you learn, uh, Heather, from, from Chris?
0: Uh... Yeah. yeah, well, uh, you know, Cr- Chris certainly was an integral part of this movement um, beginning in the United States, and you'll hear a little bit about that. A bit, a bit about that story in our conversation. Um, one of the things that I think really kind of is a, a, a wonderful framework for us to consider as we uh, move forward in the conversations that we have and even um, you know, as our listeners maybe uh, begin the journey and engaging and looking into and praying about uh, fresh expressions of church. And that's kind of how uh, Chris described uh, three approaches essentially that have been taken uh, uh, in, in our current reality. With the Church, we can take a reengineering approach, which many churches have, and uh, what does it look like to uh, to be the church in in the world right now? Um, we can pray for revival, which absolutely is dependent on on a movement of the Holy Spirit, and we certainly need to be doing that. Um, or we can look at what it means to remission to, uh, to look at what the mission of Christ is and how that relates to the, the such a time as this reality that we are all in the midst of right now. What does it look like to be the church in the world now, um, as disciples of Jesus Christ? So those are, those are three things that I think really are, are foundational to our conversation today with Chris and also, uh, moving forward through our, uh, our later episodes. Um, you know i think that one thing that that uh, fresh expressions is uh, really speaks to powerfully is kind of a a systemic reality that that came to light in the midst of our uh, the covid pandemic and that is just a lot of burnout from pastors i mean we've seen a lot of um uh statistics on pastors leaving ministry and and frankly the the system um, that we've been operating out of um, doesn't necessarily deploy all of the gifts of the body and and this is an opportunity for that to happen and, and really take the, the weight of the mission off of the one um, sometimes a solo heroic leader and um, and share it with the body of Christ that that we all are a part of. so uh, I think I think it's a great conversation to kind of get us rolling and uh, look forward to to what comes out of it.
1: Yeah. So here's Chris Backert, the national director of Fresh Expressions. This is the Fresh Expressions podcast.
0: Hey, everybody. It's so exciting to bring to you this conversation with Dr. Christopher Backert, who is the director of Fresh Expressions in the United States and the continent of North America. And, and get to talk to him about uh, Fresh Expressions, the movement, kind of how we got started, and why it is even more relevant to uh, to us today. So, Chris, if you would introduce yourself to everyone the way you like to be introduced, and and tell us a little bit about how we got where we are.
2: Sure, Heather. Well, it's great to be here with you today, and I'm, I'm excited for this new podcast, Getting Off the Ground. It's an important time for things like that to be happening, and so- yeah. I appreciate you uh, and Gannon giving, uh, giving leadership to this. Um, as, as you said, uh, my name is Chris, and uh, I serve as the National Director for Fresh Expressions, uh, both in the U.S. and, and kind of gradually uh, into the rest of the continent of North America. And um, we've been at this for uh, in, a, in a public way for just about 10 years. Uh, a little bit longer as we were doing some of the spade work to to sort of bring this into existence here um on this side of the pond and um I uh live in Harrisburg Pennsylvania and um just enjoy being here uh, for the last several years and so the way that um you know our story has unfolded is I was taking a class with Eddie Gibbs um from Fuller Seminary in my doctoral cohort, way back in 2007, and we had an intensive on growing the church in post christendom And that was a conversation that not a ton of people were having way back in 2007, but we started looking uh, in that class at, at models and examples of movements around the world that were really being effective at engaging with the you know post-Christian reality. And one of the things that we've studied in that class was uh, the Fresh Expressions Initiative in the UK, which, of course, at the time was only just a few years old. And I remember uh, Eddie remarking during that course that he thought that the Fresh Expressions Movement, from a missiological and ecclesiological uh, sort of angle, was the best example in the Western world of uh, helping uh, existing churches and existing church systems make the missional turn toward the future. And I, I, I sort of wrote that down and, um, I took that back to, uh, the sort of executive leadership of uh, the denominational group that I was connected to, the, the Baptist General Association of Virginia. And I said, we should really explore this further. And, uh, you know, the long and short of of all of those conversations was a a small team of us went over to the UK in 2009 to just see what was God doing in and through the Church of England and the British Methodist Church and some of the others that had been part of the Fresh Expressions Initiative uh, throughout, you know, England and Scotland. And and we were there for uh, two weeks and just came back really impressed by what we saw. And what we observed was the, the, the fact of how applicable sort of this approach was to large churches and small churches, to churches that were two years old and churches, of course, in their context that were you know a thousand years old, and 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 all of that really emerged you know with with clarity for us as we began to understand sort of the underpinnings of of really what happened that that birthed the Fresh Expressions movement in the UK, and and the two basic things that that I recall from those conversations way back in 2009 was they had a recognition that uh, in the nineties, so we're we're going way back now in the nineties that typical approaches to church planting and church revitalization had really, uh, had really waned in their effectiveness. And so, you know, being good Brits, they, they conducted a study as to what were the reasons for this lack of effectiveness that, that all of a sudden seemed to be occurring in a very short period of time. And um, what they discovered through that uh, that investigation was that they basically had reached the end of Christendom in most of the UK, among most of the especially uh, indigenous population to, to the UK, and from people that had moved from other parts of Europe. And... Um, and not that there would not be pockets of growth or individual churches that were experiencing vitality uh but that by and large the people that were going to be reached by our standard patterns of of church gathering and that you know means our more traditional forms of worship and i think that also meant at that time more contemporary uh forms of worship so you know people could think north point or you know any of the other churches that are uh you know very effective in the US context at highly attractional approaches that all of that had been seeing a you know a, a precipitous decline and yet what they discovered at the same time were these basically these micro communities these new faith communities which they ended up calling fresh expressions of church that were really genuinely reaching new people people that were not uh, inclined towards church not coming to t- typical uh, ways that the church gathers. Often they were connected to an existing parish. They were much smaller and very focused on a particular neighborhood or people group or place. And so we we just sort of saw all of that and we said, you know, this is so relevant to the churches that we work with. So we invited some of their leaders over to the U.S. Uh, in 2010. And um, in the course of that year, uh during a, a particular meeting uh the holy spirit just sort of moved in that setting and impressed upon us as uh, the leaders that were hosting that meeting that the lord basically said to us uh i i will i'll bless you if you do this but only if you don't do it for yourselves so you have to do this for the you know the country as a whole you can't just do it for your group and so at that time we just we just took that word, and our executive director said to me, uh, "You know, Chris, take six months to figure out what this looks like and how, how we respond in obedience to what we sense the Lord has told us. And to make a long story short, we launched the Fresh Expressions initiative with a lot of guidance and support and engagement from the folks in the UK and the Church of England in, uh, in 2012. And for anybody who's listening who's, who's a bit of a church historian geek, um to to know that the church of england was working with um a, a group like the baptist general association of virginia uh is there's just so much irony in that because way back uh in in the beginnings of the founding of our country um baptists in virginia were put into jail and prison by you know the anglican church in uh you know in the colonies <laughs> wow. for preaching the gospel without a license and in public. <laughs> and so great. um so just it's just kind of a you know in God's wisdom and sense of humor to see, mm-hmm. you know, this historic Anglican church and a you know a kind of a low church free church baptist body that once upon a time was put in jail, their pastors yeah. were put in jail by by the Anglican clergymen. Um for preaching outside of the church, uh, without a Uh, light, I think
0: that was, that wasn't that an issue with John Wesley too? I mean.
2: Yeah. 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 He certainly got into plenty of trouble. Although I don't know if he ever went to jail, but you may know. No, I don't
0: think he ever went to jail, (laughs) but he was probably sanctioned, uh, (laughs) for preaching outside of a consecrated pulpit. Right. Yes. Oh, that's so, that's so great. I, I, I mean, so what precipitated it was just this investigation of the decline in the UK right the decline in our traditional forms of church what what is going on noticing the spirit moving in these um in these micro communities if you will and then saying what if we were actually intentional about that and that's kind of the the beginnings of the fresh expressions movement in the UK and then uh, you you just having the the um the serendipitous opportunity to be there when the spirit moved and said, do this in, in the States and and take this to the States and, um, and not just for yourselves, um, but for the, for the country, for the continent and, uh, and, and for the people that are never going to come to our forms of church. That's right. That's right. I think the, the, our pandemic reality certainly has, um, uh, accelerated or even uh, uncovered the the need or the pain points that you were feeling even then, or that the country, the the Western world was feeling even then. Um, you know, uh, to to some degree more than than the other in different parts of the country. I think some that some parts of the country are are, are far more uh, post Christian or post Christendom um, than than others, but. You know, the reality of of the matter is that, uh, you know, we're two years going into year three of the pandemic and uh, people are not coming back. Right. They're they're not coming back. Well, you know, we've said again and again, they'll come back when they'll come back when they'll come back when and they're they're not coming back. And so we were we were talking a little bit about that before we hit record, because the 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 average church person even is not coming back. To the to the degree that we thought they would, so talk a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, I think you know these are all realities that that you know everyone's experiencing in them. I mean, there might be a few people who 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 uh, are experiencing something different, a few Mm -hmm. leaders, but I think most churches uh, are are now around to the to the truth that there are many people who faithfully attended their congregation and the ministries of their congregation in 2019 that um do not attend uh with any regularity now. And there's another group that attend but they only attend digitally. Okay. And um and I think that, you know, I mean I can even speak to this just in my own, you know, the the church that we are part of, mm-hmm. uh it's just so easy for me to see and I think particularly you probably see it most um when you, you are any, do anything with children or youth,
0: yes,
2: (laughs) because, you know, I think people can get lost when they, you know, show up in the sanctuary. And, and, you know, if you had a hundred people, now you have 70 people, you notice that, but it's not, uh, you know, you, it's not as stark as the reality of what's happening, Mm -hmm. Uh, because by and large, like who's come back to church are people above the age of 50. (laughs) And, um, but when you get down to like the area of working with children, and working with youth, I mean, I know many churches that are just struggling to find, you know, typical volunteer staff to lead children's ministry, to teach Sunday school classes, to lead youth ministry. Uh, it's it's that era where area where you look and you you can really experience the visceral difference between 2019 and 2022, and I. I think that this is a this is a it's a wake up moment for us, in a real moment of opportunity. Because, as you said, and as many people have noted, you know the the pandemic has really been a a, a great accelerator. And I, I just find a lot of uh, it's intriguing that that you know COVID, in its sort of nature, for many people, uh, you know it it takes something that's wrong with them physically mm-hmm. that they might yeah. not even know about. And it basically accelerates that problem in their body. Yeah. And this is why so many people have ended up in such a difficult uh, situation. And yet you can take the same thing and say we, you know, as, it, as, as COVID as a virus physically accelerates other maladies and problems, the pandemic as a whole has has taken some of our maladies and problems, both in society and mm-hmm. in the church, and it has accelerated those realities." Uh, and so that's where we find ourselves today. And I, I think the, the long and short of it is, for most leaders, is that we just now have to, to to just stare in the stare stare straight at the truth that there are lots of people that we had in 2019 that are not going to come back, uh, and that the people that you know any sort of typical attractional approaches to church in 2019 would have been effective with uh, for people who did not. Typically attend church, that there is even less likelihood that those people are going to show up in 2022 if we do those same things. Right,
0: right, and there's, and it's not only that. I mean, I think many of our listeners have probably heard all the Barna statistics recently about, uh, you know, pastors leaving ministry, and, uh, and, and, and it is a kind of a a systemic problem in that, uh, you know, the the churches in their in their inherited form or in their attractional form as as you have. stated uh were really built for a Christendom world right where where the, the the church was the center of society and 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 you know maybe it's a wake up call to some but the church has not been the center of society for decades and uh and and that was absolutely exacerbated and excel- that reality was exacerbated and accelerated by um by the pandemic and and I think fresh expressions um uh uniquely uh, uh addresses that to some degree and that it recognizes the gifts that the whole body has been given and the, the priesthood of believers that have been, uh, anointed and appointed to go make disciples and, um, and, and, and their unique context and the rhythms, the regular rhythms of their lives. And, um, and, and, and the thing that I love about the the movement is, you know, everybody was, all of us were freaking out at the beginning of the pandemic. What do we do? What do we do? We were, we were gearing up to have our national gathering. We were excited about that. And then we had to, you know, to, um, unfortunately use an overused word pivot very quickly and, um, and, and just, uh, start riding the horse in the direction it was going and, um, and, and launch all these resilient church academies and, Um, and the pandemic reality at that point in time, I think also accelerated the Fresh Expressions movement in a, in a, in a wonderful way that has brought it into the, um, into the, into a number of contexts that we weren't in before. Uh, so I, I know we're gearing up for the, uh, for the national gathering. So talk a little bit about that. And Chris, where are you seeing signs of hope? You have a, a a unique view, um, in uh, uh, of what's happening across the country, across the continent, even across the world, in this movement. So, um, where are you seeing signs of hope, and and what can people expect at the national gathering?
2: Yeah. So, um, in terms of the national gathering, uh, our our theme for this year is is, is remission, uh, a church for the future, a future for the church, and and uh, the the reason that we're kind of going with that theme is that. You know, we, in our kind of work, uh, and if you've been around our Fresh Expressions movement and all, you know, we we talk a lot about um, that there are three kind of ways in which the church renews it, has been renewed historically. Uh, there is uh, what I call re-engineering, right? And this is the most typical uh, approach that denominational leaders and conferences and consultants take, which is basically a it's an inside out approach to church vitality and fruitfulness in which, you know, basically what, what you do is you, you say to a church, what are the, what's the best things about yourself? And how do you, how do you basically make the best version of your current self? And it's typically kind of a a whole church approach. um, And, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to change the whole thing. And um, so that's re-engineering. And there are, spaces where that's been effective. I think that a lot of people would say it does a great job at keeping churches alive. It doesn't necessarily help them thrive. But so that's that's where we put a lot of our energy kind of a, you know, as a as a church, big C, so to speak, in North America, at least. The second way that the church has been renewed historically is, is through revival. And um, that's something that we can pray for, and we ought to pray for, and we ought to pray fervently for. But it's it's not something that we can do, right? We can't make that happen. That has to be a you know an outpouring of the Holy Spirit uh in response to the desperation of God's people. So so we you know, we can be desperate for God to move in uh, you know, a, a wave of power and surprise like has happened in many times in the past. But but we that's not something we can sort of, you know. Tomorrow we we can't create that. Right. So the third, third way that the church gets renewed is through remissioning. And this is basically a, you know, an outside-in approach. This is a we we're going to start with the Great Commission and we're going to start with the multiplication and incarnation of the gospel out into people who are not part of the church. And and then that over time. Sort of matriculates its way back into renewing the whole. And I mean, if there's any great example of this historically, it would be the Wesleyan movement. And and I just think that it's that approach, the remission approach to the vitality of the church, that um, that is the most essential path for the church in North America, most certainly uh, in the days ahead. And uh, yeah. so, so that's what we're looking at: is how do we have take the church that we have to the church that we need. And that's the focus of of remission uh, this year.
0: Yeah, I think that there is such a mutuality that is missed when we think only about what does this, um, uh, you know, one way or the other, right, that we think it's about the people that aren't there, or it's it's about getting people to us, right? But I, I think, and people probably in this podcast will hear me say this again and again and again, um, the Lord has convinced me that more and more that in response to the great commission, um, that we are the disciples that are made in the going. There is a mutuality to, mm. to this, uh, this, this idea of actually going in the first place that we, we actually are, are more formed in the image and likeness of Christ, right? The God that sins and sent his son. Um, and that as we go. Uh, that we are changed, and we can't help but bring some of that uh, back with us to the inherited church or to the you know to our traditional forms of church and so there is an exchange that happens there that um creates a different environment, a different ecosystem um that that is constantly i think being disrupted we had the 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 outside disruption of of the pandemic that has moved us to adapt and iterate and innovate and all those wonderful things that have happened. But um, this is almost a chosen disruption (laughs) in that we actually do what Jesus told us to do in the great commission and the great commandment. And, um, and as we do that, we are changed. Not only do we, are we called to transform the world, but the transformation begins with us. And so I think that that's um, just such a gift of this movement and why I think it's so significant to uh, the church with a capital C.
1: We're just a few weeks away from ReMission, the 2022 Fresh Expressions gathering happening March 30th to April 1st. Join us in person in Richmond, Virginia, or online to hear from seasoned practitioners and helpful thought leaders who are navigating this new terrain and fresh ways of bringing the church. Register today at freshexpressionsus.org backslash ReMission.
0: So, so talk a little bit about the hope that you're seeing. What what's what's giving you hope?
2: Yeah. So I think I would kind of uh, respond to that question on two, two levels. The first is a some kind of a very uh basic, you know, what what do I see happening level, right? And and I think in is it uh a, a summative summative way of sort of saying it, I think what I see is a lot of churches, a lot of pastors and a lot of congregational teams willing to look ahead with a different lens than they looked at the past or the present. And I think people are willing to change, willing to experiment. There is just now a, a default understanding that we cannot go forward uh, the way that we have been. And and honestly, I, I from a kind of clergy perspective, I, uh, I probably, you know, there are basically in my mind now three three categories of churches or lead, three categories of leaders is probably the better way to say it. There's leaders that are leaving. Uh, they're in the process of leaving. They've already left. They've decided they're going to leave. And, and, um, and the truth is I, I would not, I don't fault anybody for leaving. This is a, this is a good time to leave if you're going to leave and it's understandable. I mean, who would, who would stay in a role that they um, basically have sp- we're never prepared for. And now they're thrown into And It's almost like we have to, if you feel called, right? So you have to kind of go back and say, Lord, am I, am I still being called to the original call that you gave me 10, 20, 30, whatever it was years ago, because you're now being called to a completely different context and setting. So we're going to stay. We really need to sort of recommit to our call or commit to our call anew. So there's leaders that are leaving and it's totally understandable. And, um, and some are leaving, not because they just don't want to pastor, but some are leaving because they're saying, I just don't want to pastor this kind of church. Um, I want to pastor something different, and they're willing to be vocational or volunteer or, you know, they're, they're, there's leaders that are leaving. Uh, then there are uh, churches that are basically going to be in a period of time where they're saying, we're just going to try to kind of regather and reconstitute as best we can what we had before, and um, and they probably will be able to do that uh, to some degree, but they'll be sufficiently weakened or uh, or in a, just a much more difficult place unless they happen to be in a geographic location where they have such a strong online presence that they can basically gather, you know, the, the ch- churchgoers who want to be in that kind of experience. And um, so there's been a lot of that shifting over the last two years. I mean, churches that have grown during the pandemic, and there are have been churches that have grown, basically have grown because've they've, uh, they've, tr- people have transferred to them who agree with their approach to the pandemic. and um, but those are all basically attractional uh strategies of growing, and they're again, it's just part of what's happened in this time. And then I think there's another group. I think this is the largest group. Uh, of leaders who are staying, they're committed to stay, they're called to stay, and they know we have to move forward with something different. And and probably my greatest sign of hope is the sheer what I would say number or percentage of of leaders that are willing to do that in some form or fashion. And um, I I mean my I have no obviously data on this, but I would guess it's at least half. Uh, at least half of you know, the present body of church leadership in North America is willing to say I, we have to move forward with something different than what we were doing in the past. So that's probably my greatest sign of hope is a willingness to do that and a desire. Ooh. Like it's not just we have to, but it's sort of the pandemic has exposed a number of the things that, you know, maybe people even intuited before but they really want to do something different.
0: Yeah, that is exciting. I think that um, I know certainly in my own context at my own region, there has been uh, just such uh, an excitement about the possibility. And um, even having a conversation with a church yesterday that is like ready to sell their building and do everything differently. And I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's a big, that's a big shift. That's a big shift. Uh, So uh you talked about reengineering revival, and remissioning uh really being the uh you know uh the the place that we find ourselves and the directions that I think people are are moving um and and really the the desire of the fresh expressions to movement to be all about their remission and um looking again at our why and and how our why informs our how and I think to some degree we have lost the why uh uh and and maybe it's been uh uh maybe it's resurfaced as a result of the the pandemic and that's caused a lot of uh, uh discernment and prayer about uh what the future looks like for individual churches if not the church as a as a whole Uh, Is there a a word of encouragement um, that you would give to leaders that are listening, whether they be um, professional clergy or laity or, you know, just the the priesthood of believers out there, how would you encourage them? Well, uh,
2: my probably word of encouragement would basically be, you know, Jesus is in this, Mm. Uh, you know, and this is, it's kind of like my second way of talking about like what hope I see, because I think if you, if you try to just sort of sit yourself for a moment and you just in a in a kind of a, a structural way, if you said, you know, well, Jesus, you know, since you're a Methodist, Heather, I'll, Jesus is our bishop, okay? Jesus is our bishop, okay? And and if Jesus is the bishop of the church, right, in this sort of analogy, and Jesus is at work on the church in North America. And if you know, you know, if as our bishop, the bishop looked out and said, We have a a, a massive number of people who are who are just not going to come into the life of the gospel because they cannot enter into the life of the church as we know it. Then Jesus, our bishop, is at work in the midst of this situation to say, well, what would would a wise bishop do? Well, a wise bishop would say, well, we need to remake, reconfigure, remission, reappropriate, change the church that we have in order to reach the world that we have. And that is exactly what's happening. Uh, So I I just see great hope because I'd say Jesus is in this. Jesus is in the midst of, uh, did not cause the pandemic. Uh, Certainly draw upon my Arminian uh, dispositions to say, you know, Jesus did not cause the pandemic. Um, This is not something incited by God. Uh, But Jesus is at work in the midst of the upheaval and the tumult. And the difficulty and the struggle uh, to make something new out of uh, what we have, and that would be my word of encouragement: is if you're going down this road, it, you're following your Messiah, you're following our Savior, you're following our Lord, because this this it, it, the the signs of this are so pervasive. It's not it's not that this is something that Fresh Expressions is doing. Um, or any sort of similar ministry or organization or movement. Like this is a conversation now being had by almost the whole of the church in North America and almost the whole of the church with the exception of the few congregations who have accelerated in the pandemic because of their digital presence. Um, or they're in a geographic location where they could gather people who agree with their approach to the pandemic. But aside from those two things, this conversation is happening everywhere. And to me, that's a sign that, that the, the Holy spirit is involved in this. Yes. And it's not just about a particular organization or approach or ministry or conference or association or denomination.
0: Mm. Yeah. So good. And I, and I, and I think, you know, we I think we've, we've called it a a new reformation of sorts that it certainly was in motion, I think, prior to the, prior to the, the pandemic, but, um, to your point has, uh, such a, not a, not even just a North American, um, taste to it or flavor to it. It's it's a global thing, right? Everybody's having to figure out what it Mm -hmm. means to be the, the church now. Yeah. um what does what does that look like and and the, you know the fresh expressions movement is one that's not only happening in the UK and not only happening in the the states or in North America but is uh is happening all over the world and um and and to your point there are many other movements uh that are uh, share similar dna and um and and characteristics to the fresh expressions movement and is absolutely indicative of the the movement of the spirit and um that doesn't mean we don't pray for revival. That's right.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah, we, we we should. We should pray for revival.
0: Yes and amen. Yes and amen. I'm I'm really excited about the national gathering. I'm excited to be together with uh with so many um wonderful thought leaders that are really kind of um forging ahead with uh what it means to be the church in this uh new world that we find ourselves in. And look forward to seeing many of our listeners there and you there, Chris. It's been a minute.
2: Yes. I look forward (laughs) to seeing you. Although I did see you this past year.
0: You did. You did. (laughs) Yeah. With masks. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for listening, everybody. And we look forward to seeing you too at the National Gathering.
1: Fresh Expressions is a worldwide movement of everyday missionaries who want to see churches thrive in the places we eat, way, work, and yes, even in our inherited churches. To learn a simple five-phase process for starting a new expression of church, go to freshexpressionsus.org backslash start. The Fresh Expressions podcast is hosted by me, Gannon Sims, and my colleague, Heather July. It's edited by Joel Limbowen and produced by Kathleen Blackie and Chris Morton. Our national director is Dr. Christopher Backer. If you've learned something or been encouraged by this podcast, please help us spread the word. You can give us a review on Apple Music or Spotify and share this episode on your social media. Now, may the Lord be gracious unto us and bless us and make his face shine on us so that God's ways may be known on the earth, God's saving help among all the nations. Grace and peace.